welcome to Living a Sensory Life, a podcast that I've started talking all things sensory. So my name's Becky, I'm the founder of Sensory Spectacle, and I've run this podcast to teach you all about sensory processing disorder. We're going to be interviewing people, we're going to be sharing strategies, I'm going to be giving you research, and I'm also going to be explaining things to you so that you can help to understand the child or adult you care for or support just that little bit better. Okay, so welcome to Living a Sensory Life. This week we're talking about how we might recognise different behaviours in our children or the people we support when we're at home or in their care setting. So why does my child explode at home? It's a question which I'm often asked from parents. They see their child in school all day or with their grandparents or with someone, a friend, and they seem to be able to manage, to regulate, to cope throughout the day. However, then when they come home, there's this sudden change in their behaviours or their characteristics and the things that they're doing. And so I wanted to focus a podcast on it because there's so many important things that we need to consider about this when we're thinking about really understanding our child's sensory needs. So to help me do this, I am back with Jo. Um, jo is a mum and she's going to introduce herself in a second and tell us all about how sensory became an important part of her family's life. Hi Jo. Hello. Would you mind just telling us a little bit about who you are, your family and how sensory processing has been become an important aspect to consider as part of your family? Yeah, sure. So, um, yes, um, I'm Jo, mum of three, and it's my youngest daughter that has um, sensory processing, and she was diagnosed around the age of three, which is particularly young. Um, however, she's had other problems, so she was already seeing a paediatrician. Um, but from the age of three, obviously, we were told about the sensory processing, which we was completely unaware of, had no knowledge, found it quite difficult to find information really on how it's going to affect Maya you know how how we need to help her as parents and the environment that she's living in things we need to consider so it's been quite a journey she's eight this year and I would say from last year we kind of feel like we're now in a position to recognize the certain sensory needs when they appear we've also you know educated our other children on what it means to have sensory processing so that that in itself is quite difficult because you know as a family we all need to make allowances and sometimes behavior can appear challenging sometimes there's behavior that you know perhaps they weren't allowed to do fidgeting at the dinner table um getting down hanging upside down off the sofa things that (laughs) perhaps when they was the same age that wasn't acceptable. So, yeah, it's been a learning curve for all of us, really. Um, but we, we're, we're getting there. And, and Maya now is beginning to be able to voice and explain and self-regulate more. So it's becoming easier with the understanding and, you know, her starting to get an understanding of herself and her, her feelings 
is um, making it slightly easier, I would say. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just so important, isn't it? Especially when we're thinking about how our children then support themselves in different environments. So at home or at school or when they're out kind of with their friends. Um, can you tell us, what, you know, how do you recognise any differences with the way that she regulates or the way she supports herself in kind of school compared to at home so what kinds of things does she do differently or does she do the same to support her sensory needs um i think at school a lot of children with you know difficulties they're quite good at masking it they don't want to stand out from their peers they you know they don't want to appear different so a lot of the time i find my uh, does try to conform at school and you know families parties things like that it's like she suddenly she'll she'll put a mask on she's like i'm okay and she'll just you know look at how everyone else is behaving and obviously you know almost like mimic how are the other children behaving well that's obviously what i'm supposed to do um but that does mean by the time she gets home she's completely exhausted and, you know, the whole build-up from the day has been bubbling away and bubbling away and she gets home and, you know, not every day, but there are days when she's obviously found it particularly difficult, whether she's tired or change of environment at school, change of teacher, anything like that, where she will just explode. <laughs> so, and, yeah. So. <laughs> so, and then, so when she explodes, what, why, why is that? Why might it be for for Maya that it, it is too much when she's at home do you know um I, I would say mainly because you know the home is her safe place the home is where she doesn't need to conform she doesn't you know we all understand she she's in her own environment so obviously she doesn't have those kind of sensory impact going on she knows where she's at the, the smells the sights the noises so I think you know, when all that's stripped back, that's the time where she she will kind of explode. And uh, sometimes it's not even you know exploding. It's just it's just to be able to be herself. And and you know, again, it's a lot of it is the build up of frustration as well during the day where she's got all these needs that you know sometimes she may understand some of them sometimes she may not even recognize them but she's just feeling really out of sync and then she comes home and she can just kind of let it all out and obviously we try and help her to sort of switch off there's certain things that she does or we may do with her but I do think it's because it's her safe environment and she doesn't feel like there's anybody here that you know she needs to conform for as such and she's not gonna you know we're not gonna judge her or she's not going to be left out of a friendship group because of her behavior where she's got all those things to consider in the school environment yeah definitely and I think when when I explain this to parents because it's such a common question that I'm asked why is my child so different at home to what they are at school because parents find it really difficult emotionally as well as physically to see their child maybe so upset or so stressed or so um worried about things that when they get home it's having that understanding that actually 
it's probably because your child knows that they are in this safe, loving environment and they can just be them. And so by regulating themselves now, yes, they can get in that real big joint and muscle feedback or the bouncing or the pushing or whatever it might be because they know that there's no one else kind of around them who may be thinking, why are they doing that? And then helping them to understand that it's really important they can self-regulate for themselves. So as a parent, just understanding we have to offer that environment for them to be able to do that and not constantly feel like it's us that has done something wrong. Actually, it's a really positive thing to see your child do that because it means that they're recognising their body needs something to help them to relax or recover or even just process the day. Um, I know you've mentioned to me in the past that sometimes um, Maya will be processing the day as you're walking home um, yeah. and she'll be talking things through with you and maybe even in, in the evening she'll be kind of working through things that people have said or things that she's done throughout the day and that's a really common thing for many people with sensory difficulties to go through to experience because they're still feeling these sensations so they're still trying to understand exactly what has happened that day and pieced it all together so that then it makes sense yeah she she will really that that's the main thing she does most evenings at some point she will spend time maybe an hour some nights it could be two hours and she will just play schools and it's literally reliving everything so we get to hear all the things that's happened at school or, you know, if there's a sudden change of teacher because obviously that would have affected her. Um, so that that is the way that she kind of self-regulates and processes the day that she's had. Yeah, and I think on top of that then, we just have to remember it can be exhausting. So mm-hmm. having to constantly be aware of what my body is processing for most of us we can adjust to changes like having a new teacher or working from a different seat in a room or you know having the blind up whereas usually the blind is down but for someone with sensory processing difficulties that can be a huge change which then means their body has to do so much just in order for them to block that out or filter it out so that then they can focus on what it is that they want to be focusing on at that moment in time and it's that constant feeling of how do I regulate modulate all of this sensory information that I'm feeling and what's important because mm-hmm. a lot of it we isn't important and we don't need to be aware of it but for many people they are and that's really really tiring um, so, can you share with us um, some of the things that kind of are Maya's go-tos to help her to calm down? So, we've mentioned about her maybe playing schools and reliving the day, but are there other things that you notice at the end of the day or at times where she needs to feel calm, so maybe after a long day at school, um, what she might do, how might she do that? Yeah, I mean, the key thing for us that we've kind of learned over time is allow her the ability to choose what she's going to do after school because sometimes it's not always obvious whether 
she has really struggled that day. I mean, there are there are some signs, you know, like sometimes she doesn't want to engage in conversation with me at the end of the school day. She doesn't want to discuss anything. She's particularly louder than normal, more you know, fidgety than normal. She doesn't tend to listen. And that's all signs that it's been too much for her. So for us is, you know, let her choose the activity. So she will often play schools um, on those kind of days when we've got the signs. So we know she doesn't want to converse. We notice that, you know, her, her eating is not particularly good. She's overfilling. She perhaps may be you know, noisier or seeking out you know, kind of banging on instruments, banging on the floor. Um, so we do kind of pick up on those signs. So we just, to be honest, for, for Maya, it's probably differs for all children, but for Maya, it's best for her to have her space and to not have any extra demands on her that evening for her to just kind of try and relax. We do, um, obviously, like a lot of deep pressure hugs and things like that. But Maya is not a child that will often sit down to watch a film or sit down to watch TV. She's very busy. So every now and then we get into sort of a deep pressure hug, a little bit of reassurance. And then bedtime as well that evening. Um, it, it can't be rushed. You know, we may have twice the amount of stories that we would have or, you know, Maya may not want to read to us that night because it's all been too much. So we'll just read to her. And we have a bit longer because we have like calming music at bedtime as well. So whereas, you know, we may sort of sit with her for five minutes and then leave her. We might sit with her for a bit longer. Um, and then sometimes we'll find she'll turn that off. And actually at that point, she's calm enough. Then she wants to tell me all about the school day, which could be 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> but for whatever reason, at that point, she then wants to discuss it. So, yeah, it, it's very much, I think, you know, the... The, the normal routine and rules that you have with your children. When when we know Maya's had a, an off day and is feeling quite out of sync, it's like you know they kind of go out the window. She you know she still sits and eats her dinner, but it's more of a, a free choice really and the space for her to to feel more comfortable really. Yeah, and I think that's really important to help parents understand as well is that your child has been through such a kind of routine day and we know that some children love a routine however when they're at home being able to let them choose and show you what it is that they need is really really important and it's almost encouraging us to kind of flip the way that we might look after them because we're not going by what we feel is best for them we're actually asking them to show us what do they want? What do they need at that moment in time? And a lot of the time, that's going to be so much better than whatever it is that we feel they might need at that moment in time. Yeah. And, and Maya actually is a child that needs the routine. So she will struggle during school holidays. So although she needs routine, when it's become too much, she just needs the space. You know, she may choose a, a gym ball. She may roll around on there or... You know, we have things to hand, you know, like that, gym ball, tram hair, or mm. she might just want to hang off the sofa upside down. And, and, you know, it's just it's just giving her the opportunity without, yeah, the demands of now you need to do this, now we're going to do this, because, you know, I think it's just for her, 
she's had all day, like you said, she's had all day conforming, all day structured, doing things that she has to do. So I think it's important to give them that, that space really to calm down. Yeah, definitely. And so you mentioned holidays. So Maya is one for a routine. So how does that mean that that impacts your holidays? Because obviously you your child your children are with you for the whole six week summer holidays in the UK um do you recognize that that kind of explosion what we're talking about you know this feeling of needing to regulate myself when I get home from school do you recognize that in a different way in the holidays yes that that tends to build up so I would say the first few weeks um is quite calm because she's not got the demand she's got lots of space we do different things um obviously we've now learned that this seems you know Maya hates shops she hates shopping so that's not on the agenda when it's summer holidays um Maya doesn't like really busy spaces so obviously we have to consider where we're going to go for the day make sure there's lots of outside space for her to run around and, and, and climb so it, and then it it's like it builds up, I would say, maybe halfway through, maybe into week four, we start noticing the real need to get that routine back. And so that's the six weeks holiday, shorter holidays, like half term that we've just had. Again, the beginning of the week is, is quite you know exciting for her. She doesn't have to get up. She doesn't have to try and conform. But towards the back end of the week, she's she's seeming a little bit out of sync and the eating's a little bit off so we notice but the six weeks I think because initially you know we're doing lots of different things at the beginning so it almost takes her attentions but it does it does build up to the point she really needs that routine and we have to have visuals so we'll have like a calendar in her bedroom and a calendar on the door and we have photos of places on different dates so you know there's a picture of Nan because mum and dad are both at work or there's a picture of friends because we're meeting with friends. So we still have to kind of give her some sort of routine. But even though by the end of it, yeah, she's, she needs the actual school set routine. Just knowing that tomorrow we're going to the park, you know, sometimes she'll still have anxiety about that. Like in the evening, like she's asked three times, what time we're going, who we're going with. Um, things like that and holidays abroad as well we'll find if we go away for two weeks probably the first three or four days we may struggle a bit because the new environment mm. and sounds and smells and all those kind of things then we're like settle in the middle and then towards the end yeah she's ready to be back in our own safe environment <laughs> yeah and I think that's such a common situation for many families as well you know recognizing that even though that routine has gone for many people they love school holidays because they don't have to get up and go to school and all that kind of stuff but the importance of having some routine actually for people with sensory difficulties is one of the things that helps them to feel regulated because it's almost like they know when to expect things to happen whereas Mm -hmm. when we don't have that when we're in a totally new environment it can then be really difficult and it's almost like that fizzy coke bottle it's all building up inside and then when we take the lid off all of a sudden it's it's now too much and all I need to do is focus on supporting myself to feel okay rather than worrying about everything else that's around me that's different and 
changed from the normal routine. Um, thank you so much for sharing your your insight as a mum, but also um, a lot of information about Maya and the way that Maya um, helps you to understand her life um, mm-hmm. and how important it is to recognise the differences at home, maybe and on holiday, compared to in education and the fact that you've shared such an honest insight to how what we're seeing our children doing there's a purpose behind it and that purpose is really important for us to understand and that our home environment is where our child can be our child without worrying about anything else so thank you for reinforcing that for everybody listening today you're very welcome This podcast was brought to you by Sensory Spectacle. You can find out more about our immersive training and workshops on our website, sensoryspectacle.co.uk. We educate about and create awareness of sensory processing disorder internationally. We travel the world helping parents and professionals to understand specific characteristics relating to sensory processing needs. On our website, you'll find books, sensory support items, classroom resources, as well as information about our trainings. If you have any questions, please do get in touch. We love to hear from you. But otherwise, thanks for listening.